This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious, I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Now good luck and let the hunt begin. We won't let you down, Taylor. Because not only are we going to find 20 eggs within the hour, but we're going on to find 25 and then 30. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone-Kircher. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. Madison, I'm convinced that our listeners have picked sides and that you have come out the victor. I mean... I love that for me. But uh, what makes you say that, Rachel? (laughs) This admittedly lovely email from Jill, who wrote, I love your show. And (laughs) as an old person, it keeps me up on what's happening online. And is the only reason I know what TikTok is all about. Okay, but like, let's hurry up and get to the part where she says she uh, loves me. (sighs) So, yeah, I was really trying to keep that trying to keep the niceness going. The last line in this email is, also, sorry, not sorry, Rachel, but I love puns. And every time I hear one on your show, I smile. Madison, please don't ever stop. Which I just think is frankly rude. I am being held hostage against my will. <laughs> Jill, I have really great news for you. Today's show, it's it's going to do it for you. Because since June, something extra strange has been happening on the streets of Chicago. Someone has been driving all over town and egging people, literally throwing eggs at their arms and their legs and their stomachs and their faces. And nobody seems to have an answer as to who is behind the eggings or what exactly is motivating them. Who is the North Side Scrambler? Jesus Christ. Here's what we do know. A, there's a growing list of victims. B, there's a very suspicious white box truck with very distinctive red graffiti that keeps popping up at the scene of the crime. Every single scene of the crime. And C, there's a citizen-led Facebook group that has maybe watched too many crime procedurals, but who also might actually be able to crack this thing wide open. And as you can tell by the disappointment in my voice and Madison's glee, there are a truly endless number of egg puns. Here's the part where Rachel says she's exhausted or runs for the exit. I wish for the sweet release of death. (laughs) But while Rachel waits for that, it's time for another episode of ICYMI P.I. Dunk, dunk. What, at first glance, seems like a silly story about catching a culprit 
egg-handed, is actually a really important story about online community building, community policing, and crowdsourcing in an age where just asking questions online can have literally deadly consequences. Joining us today with his trench coat, magnifying glass, and a frying pan is Moshe Tamsot, the creator and moderator of the Chicago Egg Hunters Facebook group. He and hundreds of other concerned Chicagoans have been working this case for weeks. Moshe is going to take us through their scrappy investigation from data collection to IRL stakeouts and how the group worked together to avoid turning an egg hunt into a witch hunt. (laughs) It sounds funny, yeah. And I've heard all the puns, but um, it gets serious because that line that we always heard when we were kids, you know, it's all fun and games until you lose an eye is very true. And uh, we just learned of a tourist visiting Chicago. She was watching the air show on the beach and heading back to Navy Pier. And she was hit by an egg in the eye from the white truck. And she suffered vision loss. And that suddenly made it all real. Yeah, let's rewind all the way to the beginning. Uh, When were you first alerted to the the hard-boiled menace that is whoever's throwing these eggs. I first noticed them while walking my dog, Monster, through the neighborhood. I saw some broken eggs at the McDonald's headquarters on Carpenter Street. Um, Then there was a member on True West Loop, a uh, Facebook group that I admin, a hyper-local news group. And he he, uh, sent me a DM saying that he also noticed eggs on the street. And others also said they saw eggs and saw folks throwing eggs. And People from other neighborhood groups also chimed in as well. And suddenly we realized we were onto something a lot bigger. So we set up a separate group, uh, Chicago Egg Hunters on Facebook, and folks started chiming in from all the other neighborhood groups. And we realized Chicago is a city of 77 neighborhoods. And while they all have multiple Facebook groups, they all operate as silos of information. And we started piecing things together from uh, eyewitness accounts and all the other groups, and they all started coming together in Chicago Egg Hunters. This was a pretty big citywide issue, at least for the north end of the city. What were you hearing from other victims? Like, what's the kind of worst story you heard? And can you describe some of the images that people are starting to send in to Chicago egg hunters? Yes. Initially, it seemed like um, they were primarily targeting women. Mm-hmm. Then we started seeing uh, more security cam footage showing a mother and daughter walking in front of this pane glass window. So imagine the view is outside the store and you see the white egg truck coming in from the right of the screen and heading to the left and the eggs being hurled and just narrowly missing the daughter. And this is a young girl, probably about nine years, nine, ten years old, right? And they both jump and you hear the impact of the eggs on this pane glass window. It's quite forceful. It's like... And then you realize, like, holy crap, if that egg hit that girl, right, how things could have turned. And that imagery really, really struck people. And then it started getting even more sinister when we started seeing some of the the welts that people were experiencing. One woman took a hit on the back in the wintertime through a parka, and she had a raised welt for two weeks. And we were trying to figure out how does one launch an egg that fast and that hard at a person? And then we started hearing reports of hard-boiled eggs, frozen eggs. And then we started doing some of the math, and these these projectiles really had the capability of causing some serious damage. 
And then taking a look at the videos, stop motion, frame by frame, and seeing the trajectory of the eggs and the impact of these eggs. And you started to realize that, you know, if this person was driving and throwing an egg with that velocity and accuracy, they should be pitching for the Cubs or they're using some type of egg launcher. So we looked on the internet and sure enough, you could find easy to build egg launchers and things of that sort. And as the dots filled in in our interactive map, we could start to see the pattern and it all started pointing to the same place. I just, I love that you're like slowing down the footage, like the zap rooter of, of egg films, watching these in slow motion. You mentioned the winter. So this is, the eggings have been going on for months now, correct? We believe as long as two years. Wow. How did you start collecting this data and how did you start creating this map, which is Absolutely incredible. I've just been kind of looking through it for the past few days. Thank you very much. So I just set up a Google form. Now, this isn't very high tech. This is something anyone can do. And this is something I strongly encourage people to do. So I coupled that Google form with just a, a simple Google map and plotting the plotting the entries after verifying them and then, then discerning uh, details in terms of the truck's direction. So I reasoned that the earliest sightings overlapped with the latest sightings would point towards where the truck would be parked at night. So this isn't, it wasn't just one incident, um, and it was repeated. And then we started to see that the eggers had basically killing grounds, if you will, target-rich environments. They were really focused on the north side of the city, and they would repeat over and over. One of the very first posts in Chicago Egg Hunters is actually shared from Reddit. And the title of it is very self-explanatory. It reads, hit in the face with an egg in Fonsal Market. Is this a thing that's been happening? Reports from people all over start flooding into the group. On June 4th, around 4.30, I was walking in Old Town on LaSalle and Burton, and I saw a white truck drive by as we waited to cross the street. Seconds later, I was clocked with an egg. Everyone around me thought I got shot until I saw yolk dripping down my shoulder. Frying pan emoji. Here's another one. I have to say, this is crazy. Yes, I was hit walking down Jackson, just west of Morgan back in March. At the time, I couldn't believe I was hit with eggs by a white box truck, and now seeing this Facebook group, I am in even more shock. I had welts all over my back for well over a week. Awful exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Do the cops know about this? You haven't mentioned at this point any police involvement, and I'm curious as to whether that was a conscious decision to just not involve the police or if that was just a uh, result of police not caring about these. I mean, it seems up to like 130 sightings or incidents that I last saw in the group. When we started getting into this, people were like, did you get the plates? Did you get the plates? And then we learned that People had gotten the plates, and the plates were shared with the police, and this information was being shared with the police, and police reports were being filed. And we compiled all this information, and we basically served it up to CPD, and we waited, and we waited, and they weren't taking it. I mean, they were, like, understandably, they were busy, and they probably were a little bit embarrassed, and I totally get that. But it was also, as someone on Reddit noted, this was performance art. We were showing how the people could do it how the people could come together and solve the issue without police involvement. Can you describe your emotions as you're closing in on the the egger, the egg eggers? Did every Facebook notification just like 
give you a jolt of adrenaline. It it was it was uh it was exciting. It was so hard not to announce. Like the pressure I was under to announce the name of the of the company, for example, on Reddit and Facebook, etc., within the group, outside the group, everyone wanted to know a name, but I did not want to create a mob. I wasn't here to create a lynch mob. I didn't want people to, to be vigilantes and reach out. I, com- I kept on preaching a, a mantra, which was no violence, no retribution, let the process play out. So we put out this big dragnet and wanted to get as many data points as possible onto this map so that we could track the direction of this truck and almost recreate it because we, w- we didn't have access to plate reading technology we, or, or we couldn't run a plate like the police could. We're citizens. We don't have access to that. So we had to do it the hard way, brute force, collecting data and whittling it down and finally finding the place where this truck was parked. And then it required human intervention. We had, we had teams of volunteers tears go down and verify that the truck was actually there and then that sort of that that confirmed it and then the uh, Chicago Sun-Times reached out and they managed (laughs) to confirm what we already knew that the truck plate pointed to the owner being value home furniture. I know you've mentioned that you believe there are at least two people behind this but I've seen this the singular Egger referred to as the north side scrambler. Was there ever any discussion about what to call the villain here? There was. There was. There were all kinds of different names. Uh, the the one that really got me going was uh, the Yoker. You know that we had created. <laughs> I think that's better. <laughs> I love that one. The Yoker origin story. <laughs> it totally made sense. So sounds like they're finally closing in on the Yoker, or as I prefer to call him, the Devil in the White City. Rachel, I believe you meant the deviled egg in the White City. I did not mean that. After the break, our ragtag internet detectives finally confront their prime suspect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. 
Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. And we are back. Last we left our heroes, the Chicago Egg Hunters, they were closing in on the devilish egg bandits who had been terrorizing the city for weeks, if not years. Our unlikely gumshoes had just cracked the code, creating a map of the city and tracking the villains to a specific furniture store parking lot. Now all that was left to do was pick up the phone and start asking questions. Yeah, it was kind of awkward. Um, <laughs> I called, I identified myself as Moshe, as uh, being the founder of the Chicago Egg Hunter Group. I relayed the information that... Um, I asked them if they had Facebook. They did. I asked them to go to the site. They did. They claimed they weren't aware of what was what was happening. So as they went through this, their stories started to change. They initially admitted to be, being the owners of the truck, et cetera, et cetera. Then they started to hedge and, and circle their wagons. And then they were they talked about doing an internal investigation and calling all the drivers in and and identifying the ones that did it. But they never got back to us with that information. Then they claimed that they fired the one driver, even though we know that there was a passenger in each truck and multiple trucks were involved. So they kept on digging themselves in deeper and deeper. And I would love to see how that played out. The the <laughs> <laughs> the whole the holy fuck moment where <laughs> where the eggers were like how the hell did they figure that out Value Home Furniture has since issued a statement. The company was unaware that this driver was engaged in this unauthorized conduct. The driver was promptly terminated upon his wrongful actions being brought to the attention of the company. The company has no further comment at this time. And the Chicago Police Department has finally assigned a detective to the case. A, a real one, not like us. So, Moshe, the Egg Hunters group is now well over a thousand people. Uh, those numbers likely inflated by people like Rachel and me who joined to follow along because we became possibly too invested in the the local saga. But can you talk about the online community that formed around this, the different people from all over the city who united and came together in pursuit of this very singular, slightly strange goal? 
It, uh, it, I would definitely love to talk about that because in the internet, there are different tribes, right? There's a Reddit tribe, there's a Facebook tribe, there's an Insta tribe, etc. And folks sort of keep to their platforms. Um, even getting cross-platform within a platform cooperation is difficult. But this united people. We had Reddit working with Facebook. We had all these different platforms working together. And it really brought together all, all kinds of people from all parts of the city. And then we had to deal with the fact that we had a group of victims and they were they were genuinely feeling true emotions and we had another group of folks who loved the puns and one wasn't really compatible with the other so we we had to immediately sort of tone that down and ask people to be kind etc and that became a challenge sort of reining reining folks in but we we seem to have managed to do that now and we're very much focused now on solving the case and and bringing closure to it so and also setting an inspiration and an example for others to follow absolutely and we very much take seriously the, the egg attacks that are happening to people. However, on this podcast, we also take puns very seriously. And, I love uh, puns. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This poll with the answers about the various punishments people were suggesting. Yes. Tarring and feathering. Hard boil the offender. The lottery, but with eggs. Like the Shirley Jackson short story. <laughs> That's so dark. <laughs> yeah. But they were all very, very low voted. right? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> very, so, uh, you know. Knowing knowing the world of the internet and stuff, it could have turned out very differently. But it, I'm amazed at how people played well together here. I mean, sometimes you have to make very hard decisions in terms of keeping the group on track. Could you give an example of some of those decisions you had to make? Do you release information when you shouldn't? You know, it was the pressure that a lot of moderators or admins would face at the point where everyone wants a name right, where mm. all the torches are lit and the pitchforks are up, right? And everyone's like, give us a name. <laughs> and you can't. So really ra- railing it in and making decisions about group membership, if there are folks that really want to express anger and who really want to cause violence, etc., they have to be pruned from the group quickly before that hate sort of spreads. And that basically puts the admin at risk, in this Facebook environment, I don't do anything really anonymously. I'm pretty well out there. Everyone knows who I am. But if, if it's focused on me, that's a lot better than sort of being allowed to run rampant through a group. Yeah, I mean, that's one of, I think, the hardest learned lessons about communities online. So many people kind of want to make the idea of a safe community, a safe space online seem impossible when it really does just involve, like, something very simple, which is the kind of vibe checks you're performing. And it's hard work, but the answer is right there. Right. And and I'm guided across all my all my Facebook groups and other community engagements with a zero tolerance for hate policy. Right. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. There is no, you know, it's a it's a difference of opinion or a common ground. No, it's zero tolerance for hate. If you express hate across any element, race, religion, nationality, etc., that's it. You're out. That means that I have a whole bunch of racists that really hate me, (laughs) which isn't a very good place to be because, you know, the world is getting pretty radicalized right now. And, and, you know, I wish it wasn't the case, but, you know, you, as much as you try to do good, right, you will always have an equal and opposite reaction. Einstein said it was E equals MC squared. He didn't say 
positive energy equals mc squared or negative energy equals mc squared. There's only one type of energy, right? The good and the bad. And if you're polarizing, you deal with that, right? <laughs> Crack the eggs, make omelets. <laughs> <laughs> Some people in the group also floated the notion, as with all online community, right? A conspiracy arises that the eggs were coming from inside the group. Are you yes. sure you nabbed the right person? Well, some people believe I was throwing the eggs, so, <laughs> but that's always the case. I mean, yeah, so do, are we sure we wrapped and nabbed the right person? I don't really believe that they're telling the truth. I believe that it's more than one person. I don't know whether they were actually fired. Um, I really believe CPD stepping up and knocking on their door will, will get us more answers. There, there are enough uh, folks that want to press charges, et cetera, that they're going to have to do their jobs. And I, and I think with the help of the owners, and I think they will be cooperative once the police show up, uh, we'll get to the bottom of this. I mean, kind of speaking of police, you mentioned at some point the kind of radicalization of politics right now. And I'm curious as to what you think about the choice of involving police in Chicago at a moment like this. I feel it every day, believe me. The city has a lot bigger challenges than the agar. Folks are being shot and killed every single day, which creates a challenging situation. And I think we really have to figure out ways to build bridges of understanding with our neighbors and make their problems our problems and help them figure out issues like this. Like they have their own versions of the agar, right? Whatever that is, if they're being, if it's a gang or something else, right? This is a way for for communities to come together. Facebook has created neighborhood groups now where you can participate anonymously, which overcomes a lot of the issues in different neighborhoods where folks were afraid to speak out. They can actually now engage and participate in the fight against crime. What I'm basically trying to say is I think everyone can step up to take on more responsibility and to do more to help, to free up limited police resources, to tackle the more violent crimes, right? That doesn't mean that the victims of the eggings don't deserve their day in court. They totally do, and they deserve justice. But we have to do what we can without having to get the police involved and saving the, the, the risk of, you know, uh, a police encounter going south. This has turned into a lovely conversation about policing and ethics, <laughs> which is not what I expected <laughs> from a, a, a group called Chicago Egg Hunters, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the egg hunters thing is only like that's a it's like a a flash in the pan, if you will. Mm. Those you know this group will dissolve in a little bit once it, once everything's wrapped up with CPD, and there will be another mission somewhere out there. I'm sure you know another cause will need will need a voice and a platform. I wasn't egged. No one threw an egg at me. I wasn't a victim. But what I do is I can give a platform and a voice to victims and help them get some resolution. I feel like this is the part in the end of the movie as the egg hunt investigation is wrapping up and all of a sudden it's like, we're getting reports that someone is throwing tomatoes on the east side. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So there could, you know, people are afraid of copycatters and, you know, there could be some cases of that. But I, what we've seen in our data collection is that uh, it's all quieting down. So I'm being informed by our producer that the east side of Chicago is simply Lake Michigan. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but there, no, there is an east Chicago. Okay. <laughs> there is an East Chicago neighborhood. <laughs> um, I actually think that is most of our questions. This was incredibly thorough. And oh, also... I do have one more. Yes, go ahead. How do you like your eggs? Oh, my God. 
<laughs> I <laughs> I like my eggs uh, over medium with bacon, hash browns, and pancakes. That's a good choice. <laughs> May breakfast be the only thing eggs in Chicago are being used for, henceforth. <laughs> Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Mosha. so much. All right, that is the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday, so definitely subscribe. Once again, it's free. And the best way to never miss an episode of ICYMI PI. Please tell your friends about us, spread the word, send us your mysteries. And if you have any more crimes that you want us to solve, you can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod and DM us your questions. You can also always drop us a note at icymi at slate.com. Who knows? We might have you on the show. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Forrest Wickman and Allegra Frank are our editors. And Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcasts. See you online or in a Facebook group. Hypothetically, if you were to give yourself a superhero name, what would it be? <laughs> I am the Eggman. No, I'm just. <laughs> <Could you>? <laughs> <laughs> this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.